Support for this podcast comes from the Florida Atlantic University College of Business, home to over 8,000 students, seven departments, six centers, and an impressive offering of interdisciplinary and professional development programs taught by the college's world-class faculty. Learn more at business.fau.edu. Welcome to What's Happening at FAU Business. I'm Jen Mullins. And I'm Ryan Swano, and we both work in the Marketing and Communications Group at the FAU College of Business. With us today is Dr. Jerry Derbige, an instructor from the college's Business Communications Program. Professor Derbige sat with us to recap their program's premier event, the Business Communication Exchange. Also known as the BCE, the event was established to engage with the local business community to share ideas and information about the business communication issues essential to student success. For more information about the event, visit business.fau.edu slash business communications. Okay, we hope you enjoyed the interview. Professor Derbige, thanks for joining us on the podcast. So our first question for you is, what is the FAU Business Communications Exchange? Well, before before I answer that, uh, thank you, uh, Ryan and Jennifer, for having me on this podcast. Um, the, The idea of the business communication exchanged emerged maybe three years ago at a meeting and part of our mission statement is that the our department is supposed to engage with the with employers in terms of of understanding or relating to our curriculum so at that meeting it came up that well what are we doing in terms of this mission statement and myself and two other instructors uh, started the business communication exchange. So essentially, uh, there there are four aspects of the BCE that's that's grounding that has grounded the work that we have been doing. And the first is employees can provide current information on hiring trends and skill sets required for our graduates. Number two, interaction between business leaders, faculty, and students generates community involvement and adds credibility to our program. Number three, connection with employers can lead to potential internships and job opportunities for our students. And then finally, we thought that participants may also be invited to speak on topics at our classroom. And that has turned out to be the most successful aspect of the business communication program where instructors, professors are inviting outsiders to talk on relevant topics in our classroom. So why was this particular event created? Well, after three events uh, at the end of each semester, we thought about having a collaboration between students and employers and we thought of having a panel discussion. The whole idea was to encourage an open discourse, a dialogue between students, employers, and FAU personnel on important and very timely issues or topic affecting not only the university, but how, and this this was very important, how our perceptions can be negatively influenced by the polarization of ideas. And so it's a very common problem in our society today. We wanted 
uh, groups of two, students and employers, to talk and have a dialogue. So we wanted essentially to create a learning environment, and I'm quoting a journalist, Mr. London, who said, by questioning and probing each other, carefully dissecting and analyzing ideas, finding the inconsistencies, never, never attacking or insulting, but always, always searching for what they can accept between them. They, the people, can actually attain deeper understanding and insight. And that is essentially a function of the university and is something we experimented with this with this event. You all created uh, this format because of, from what I understand from the kind of the current climate that we're in at the moment, I don't know if it's politically or just culturally or societally, but it mm-hmm. sounds like that's what you're saying, just based on our perception of how people are engaging with one another. Yes. That was sort of the beginning of this particular format for this year. Yes, and it comes from the from a very ancient part of the of all universities to to create a debate among students. And what what are these debates? What do they debate about? Generally, they're important topics that are affecting society. And we thought that where else can we examine this? this fracture in American society, this polarization, by suggesting that a dialogue, a good dialogue, is perhaps essential in in bringing the fracture together or healing the fracture. And you're correct, Ryan. Can I ask, what were some of the topics discussed at this year's event? Yes, and uh, because because we were looking at, at some of the problems within our, not only the university, but what is it that affects young people, old people, employers? And some of them were, the first one, critical thinking. Uh, over and over, we are being told that our students of today are not critical thinkers. If you were to ask a question, the, the thing that runs into our, our mind now, Google the answer. So critical thinking, we wanted to examine what is it between students of today and and the older generation in terms of work ethic. Is, is work ethic important in understanding for our students to understand how important that aspect is in preparing you successfully for the real world? And then from work ethic, we talked about ethical behavior. And I am from the old school, as you can see. Uh, it is unbelievable how ethical behavior can break or make any given institution, whether it's a university, whether it's the modern corporation, then social media. What is this thing about social media that is that is affecting us, good or bad? Okay, and then we thought to, and I'm 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 happy to say, this was mine. I really thought a lot about this one, the role of the university. What is the role of the university when you come here? How are we preparing you for the real world? Are we just going to teach you the curriculum? Or like Oxford and Cambridge, teach you about a deeper understanding of citizen, being a good citizen, et cetera, et cetera. And how is globalization, that's another topic, affecting employment in the U.S. of A.? Uh, where are our jobs going to? Is that affecting you as you you pursue your trajectory of your career? And then we talked about, finally, job, career, fulfillment. 
what is it that even if you're working at at McDonald's and you know you're not going to be there forever, maybe just for the summer, but remember that those people invested a million dollars for that. They're expecting you to give to them to their best. So whether you're at McDonald's or where, they, you should have something of a job fulfillment. So those are the topics that we talked about. So based on the the topics that you were mentioning, it does seem like some of those are revolving the around the uh, the notion of millennials and kind of the bad rap that millennials may fairly or unfairly um, receive at this moment. Yes, and uh, maybe there's another question you will ask, perhaps, and I will I will address that question that you're asking. Okay, not necessarily all with millennials, but we anticipated some kind of friction between an older generation Mm -hmm. and the millennials because we have been looking at each other very strangely lately. (laughs) Just generally. Everyone looking at each other strangely (laughs) lately. So um, were there a few particularly interesting takeaways that you received from either of the panels, the students, the the employers? Yes. And not not only with me at the end of the... um, And for... For those of you listening here, both of you as well, every semester we do this and our hearts pound all the time. Are people going to come or not? And so for the first 15 minutes, the both rooms were packed and, and needless to say, we were happy. But yes, Ryan, there were a couple of things. The first thing was, was the, the level of enthusiasm. The first impression was the high level of enthusiasm that infected the room. We were lucky, it seemed, to have chosen the right panelists. There was absolutely no hesitation in responding to our questions. Even though they were impromptu, it was interesting how all of our panelists responded, but responded with great enthusiasm as well. So that was the first thing. We were we were very very pleased to see the level of respect uh, in terms between employers and students. Points of view and arguments were presented most professionally. All panelists were on point, so they were very respectful. An interesting thing, and this comes to me as an educator, and this is something we look for context. So. Here again, we obviously got very lucky choosing the panel, our panelists. It was amazing how both employers and students adhere to the context of the questions and articulately and eloquently presented their responses and rebuttals so contextually. And again, here again, all the answers were on point. And then the engagement. Now, This may not be a takeaway, but it is worth mentioning. The takeaway is not so much limited to the panelists, but even though the program went into overtime, it was quite fulfilling, very rewarding to see so many panelists and members of the audience who remained about an hour after closing to continue talking about the topics. And that blew our minds. That shows great success right there, right? Yeah. So can I ask, how did you pick the panels? And were they aware of what they were going to be um, asked before they came? Or was it an impromptu? Well, I've always been, or we have always been successful with an ancient method. 
eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, but that's not the way we went. We, we asked uh, our fellow colleagues. We went to clubs. Uh, we told them about it. We told them about the topics. Mm. And we said uh, it followed a, a, an old movie. We're looking for a few good men, women. You remember that movie? Right. Of course. And we wanted them to know that this was something very special, but you were going to be challenged. So we figured out that those students who wanted to be challenged had to be bringing something in with them, which they did. And right. the employers, we, we took a chance there too. And we know the, we knew the employees from previous and we, we remembered who were the ones contributing, the ones talking a lot. And we asked those first and they immediately agreed to, to being on the panel. So were there any topics that produced, I guess, different results among the student um, versus the, you know, the employer panel? Did they have different ideas about a particular topic like social media? Yes. Topics on ethical behavior and ethics created interesting responses, especially since the questions were geared to challenge conceptions or misconceptions between millennials and older uh, generation. For example, here are two questions were geared specifically to create some trouble, if I may say it that way. And the first was, in your opinion, do you believe that millennials perceive the concept of work ethic differently from older generations? And number two, and, and we thought a lot about this one here without wanting to, to affront anyone. Uh, is this a fair question in today's young workforce? How much can I get away with? Uh, if yes, what factors could have produced such a general belief? And so those questions were aimed because we all know older generations are complaining, if I may use that word, about the perception of work habits of millennials. Millennials don't see uh, eye to eye with the older generation. And we thought these two questions would provoke some, some discussion. Yes. Yeah, the older generation thinks that millennials aren't putting in their, their due effort, I, I guess, in terms of hours that they're working. And well, it seems like millennials are more aware of their outside, their, their playtime, their free time to do other activities. Whereas the older generation was, I think comes from the idea, or at least it seems like it, in the conversation that you're talking about where they were just kind of slugging away at work and um, the rest was kind of secondary where millennials are more realizing that they want to do other things outside I, of work. So that's kind of where the friction lies, yes. I think. And, and you have said it there nicely. And we must point out for whosoever is going to be listening to this, it's a matter of perception. And so if you grew up in a culture believing that it is hard work and hard work, that's what you will do. If you grew up in a culture that says it's smart work, it's quite different that one can do the same thing you're asking me to do, but do it differently. And of course, millennials have a lot to support what they're saying, because look at today's world, especially driven by the internet and by young people as to what they have contributed versus the older generation who were company people, because that was in, inbreded in them. And so, uh, of course, we see those differences at work. I, for example, am a very older person, and um, I may see things differently. 
Yeah, it's like the difference between putting in your hard work yes. mindset uh -huh. and the quickest or the easiest route that I can get to where I want to go exactly. mindset. Exactly. It's just two different perceptions right. of the same goal. Yes, yes. Were there any um, questions about specifically about Twitter and the way that it's uh, maybe distorting I, communication at the moment? There were, there were a lot of questions in social media, how they were distorting, um, for example, the way we work. Uh, employers uh, on the panel uh, mentioned it very cautiously that we would really appreciate, it would be a great workplace if people didn't spend so much time on social media. Well, is that news? I don't think so. Right? But in my generation, you came to work and you came to work. I still can't get that out of my head. But uh, different folks, different strokes, I suppose. Right. Before we finish, mm -hmm. can you give us a more solid advice about communication that people can take away from our conversation today? Uh, yeah, I'd like to do that. I. I teach communication, of course, so, so I'm in my territory, so to speak. But, but this is the thing about, about communication. Communication is not only about sender, receiver, or decoding the message. Communication is more about unspoken words. It's an interesting concept. It is generally believed that 55% of communication is body language, 38 is the tone of voice. Imagine that, the tone of voice that you use to speak to people. And 7% is the actual word spoken. Having said that, and from my perspective, communication, and this is what I try to teach. I try to teach communication as an art form. As an art form, what are the values embedded in our communication that will encourage others to trust us. Don't forget, this is the College of Business. Somewhere along the line, we will be selling a product, an ideology, a concept, but we will be selling. And the, the idea, the concept of trust is enormously important. How is it embedded in our communication? One can, can know that you're speaking or you're acting with trust. Do we communicate truthfully, uh, respectfully, honestly, but most important of all, can we listen more earnestly? And so the idea of listening is profound in communication. Um, so what makes somebody a great communicator? There's no mystery here, and I'll tell you why. Aristotle identified the three critical elements thousands of years ago. They're very simple. Ethos, pathos, and logos. So ethos is essentially your credibility. What is it that we ought to believe you? Your credibility, the way you walk into a room, the way you shake my hand, the way you look at me, there's already a sense of credibility there. Uh, and we're talking values. Uh, pathos is making an emotional connection. Do I care about you? Is my communication, does my communication have compassion when it is required? And then logos is your mode for appealing to others' sense of reason. And reason is profound again. So 
So that's exactly what I think or I strive to teach in communication. And I promise my students at the beginning of the class that I will teach you everything about the curriculum that is required. But when you leave this classroom, you will become a better communicator uh, because you can't be a leader without having the ability to convince people or to persuade people. So that's how I see communication. That's golden information, I would say. Well, thank you. Yeah, Professor Derbish, thank thanks you. so much for being on the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Jennifer, for thank having you. me. Thank you for coming. You bet. What's Happening at FAU Business is part of the FAU College of Business podcast network. Learn more at business.fau.edu slash podcasts. Podcasts.